0: When God parted the waters and the children of Israel crossed through the Red Sea, there was much more going on than just an amazing story or the subject of some really cool movies. Here's Trent Griffith. The story's real clear.
1: Through Jesus, God gets us out of our slavery, through the blood and brings us to a crossing point. My question to you is, Have you crossed over? Are you absolutely certain that you are on the right side of salvation? You are either on the side of death, where the Egyptians ended up, or you are on the side of life. And God has parted the waters of judgment.
0: Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Have you ever seen the animated film, The Prince of Egypt? There's a really beautiful scene where the Israelites are crossing the Red Sea, walking on the ocean floor with walls of water on either side of them. And then they look up and they swimming above them. They can see the shadows of fish and whales nearby. It's really an incredible artistic imagination of what it might've been like, but it also brings home the point that God brought his people on an amazing unexpected journey from the promise that he made to Abraham to his provision in Egypt, and then out of Egypt, through the water, into the wilderness, and eventually to the promised land. Pastor Trent is continuing in his series, Epic, and we'll review some of what we heard last week and then he'll conclude his message. It's titled, The Path of the Promise. Let's listen together. Here's Pastor Trent. There's four points along this path of
1: the promise. The first point is this, a people who cry out. You see, they are in the midst of slavery. They are suffering at the hands of a wicked taskmaster. And they are made to work and conditions are highly unfavorable. And it's an awful situation. And we sympathize with those people who are made to be slaves. But here's the good news. God hears their groaning. And in verse 24, we see that God listens when the groaning goes vertical. Not a whole lot of benefit comes from horizontal groaning. But when the groaning goes vertical, God starts listening and God hears our groaning. Now, remember, we're not just looking at ancient history. We are looking at the story of our lives. Every person is born today into slavery. Their slavery was physical. Ours is spiritual. Here is the great news of the gospel. The gospel is all about getting people out of their slavery. And until you understand that your groaning is not just because you have a physical problem. It's not just because you have a relational problem. Until you understand your greatest problem is that you are living and serving in spiritual slavery, you won't turn your groaning vertical. And when you do, that is the first step of getting out because God hears our groaning. Number two point along the path is a judgment that passes over. I want you to notice very specifically what it says in verse 12. He says, I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. God didn't pass over Israel because they were better than the Egyptians. Everybody had the judgment on them. So why did God not kill the firstborn of the Israelites? Verse 13 the blood shall be a sign for you and on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Where was that blood gonna come from? Look down at verse 21. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, go and select lambs for yourself according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Verse 5 tells us that lamb was to be a one year old lamb. It was to be a lamb without spot, without blemish. It was to be a perfect lamb. And verse 22 says Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel. A lintel is the top post of a door, in case you didn't know. Touch the lintel. And the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out the door of this house until morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lentil and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your house to strike you. What's going on here? The path of the promise is through the blood. The only way any of them are getting out of this alive is if judgment passes over because of the blood and they get out of slavery through the blood. On the night before Jesus was killed, he was celebrating this Passover supper. And do you know what he had the audacity to do? This ceremony that was an annual holiday, it was something that was to commemorate the Passover that took place 1,000 years earlier. One of the things that Jesus did was he annulled the Passover and he replaced it with something else. Jesus said, guys, I want you to stop remembering the blood of some lamb that was spilled a few years ago. I want you to stop remembering the slavery of the Egyptians. I want you to stop celebrating the people getting out of Egypt. There's something else I want you to start remembering. There's something new I want you to start. And this is what he said at supper while they're celebrating the Passover meal. This is what he said. He held up some bread. It was unleavened bread. And he held this bread up and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He doesn't tell them to remember something that had happened in the past. He says, I want you to remember what's about to happen to my body. My body is about to be given for you. And then he said this, he held up a cup with juice. He said, the cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant, the new promise, the new path out of slavery to freedom is through my blood, not the blood of a lamb, my blood. And on the next day, you know what happened? His body was nailed to the cross. And he says to us, as a church, looking back on that event, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we do this in remembrance of Christ. In the same way, he took the cup that is poured out for you. And he says, this blood, it's the new covenant, the new promise, the new way that slaves are set free. And so he says, as often as you drink it, understand it is the blood of the new covenant. Do this in remembrance of me. And in doing that, what we're doing is understanding that we are slaves. And the only way that we're getting out of our spiritual slavery is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is, means the judgment has passed over. Here's the third point along the path. We, we see a warrior who gets in between. So I want you to turn a couple of pages. We're in Exodus chapter 14 now. And God has brought the children of Israel, two million of them out of slavery. Now Pharaoh realizes, hey, Um, I just lost my whole workforce. This is going to be devastating to the economy. He changes his mind and he starts chasing the children of Israel into the wilderness. We pick up the story in chapter 14, verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes... And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. But that didn't bother them because they'd seen God deliver them so powerfully through the blood of the Lamb. And they had seen all these plagues that God had worked miracles to get them out of slavery. And so they weren't bothered by that at all. Is that what your Bible says? That's not what my Bible says. This is what it does say. The Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. Why? Do they somehow think God's going to leave them in the wilderness now? After he'd gotten them out of Egypt? He said, And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. This is a good first step. But then by the time they get to verse 11, they're crying out to Moses. And they're griping about their leader, Pastor Moses. And they said to Pastor Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us out here to die in the wilderness? moses didn't you see those pretty cemeteries in egypt where all of our great great grandparents we want to die in egypt we want we want to be buried in those beautiful graves in egypt really what have you done to us in bringing us out of egypt somehow they thought moses was doing something to them verse 12 is not this what we said to you in egypt Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians because we love how the Egyptians are treating us here. We're having such a great time. It's like a retreat in Egypt. It's like a vacation destination here in Egypt. It's so wonderful compared to where you're leading us. I mean, if we think it's bad in Egypt, this is horrible out here in the wilderness. Then they say, for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Does that sound like anybody you know? Isn't it crazy? God has gone to such great lengths to get them out of slavery, and yet they are still acting like slaves, thinking like slaves. They still have slave patterns in their thinking. Do you know what's happened to these people? God has gotten them out of slavery but he has yet to get the slavery out of them. And isn't that just like us? We've been set free. We no longer have a slave master, and yet we still think we would be better off if we could just live like we used to live, think like we used to think. When we face some opposition in the Christian life and somehow we're coming up short and we think God has forsaken us and where is God now? It must be the leader's fault. The leader's, the pastor's trying to do something to us. No, he's not. He's just trying to lead you in taking your next step of faith. And yet we turn around and somehow we still hear the voice of Pharaoh in our ear. Get back here. It's better back here. I'll take care of you. And somehow we want to look back, we want to turn back, we want to go back. Listen, we have to continue to turn our back on our former life and take steps of faith and trusting God. So Pastor Moses has a word for these people. We find it in verse 13. It's a beautiful four-point sermon, and this is what he says. Moses said to the people... Fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord which He will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Did you get the four point message? Fear not, Stand firm, watch closely, and shut up. That's the four-point message. At least that's the way I would have preached it if I was putting it together with PowerPoint and alliteration. (laughs) And God says the same thing to us. Why are you afraid? Why are you trying to devise an alternative plan? I don't need your help. There is a path that I have created for you to be on the path of promise. You just have to fear not, stand firm, watch closely, and shut up. And you're going to see the greatest thing you've ever seen before, a God who fights for you. By the way, only two kinds of people in the world, People for whom God is fighting for, and people that God is fighting against. And the question is, which side are you on? It's not going to go well for you if you're on the wrong side. And so in verse 19, we see the fight. He says, Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved. I love serving a God that moves, He moved. And he went behind them and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness and it lit up the night. God's about to light them up. This This is such battle language here. Lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. You want a warrior God Do you see what God is doing? When we need direction, he moves in front of us. When we need protection, he moves behind us. Either way, we can't lose. And he stands in between the enemy and me. And the one doesn't come near the other. And that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. On that cross, God got in between the judgment that I deserve and me. And he absorbed the attack of the enemy, sin, and Satan. Jesus went to war on the cross. He got in between the judgment and me. And he fought, verse 21 says in this story Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and so they had pursued them to the edge of the Red Sea Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided listen God didn't just part the sea he paved a road it's dry it's not even muddy they didn't get their sandals muddy They have to take their shoes off when they got to the other side. It was dry land. Verse 22 says, the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground and the waters being a wall on their right hand and a wall on their left hand and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, bad move, and all of Pharaoh's horses and his chariots and his horsemen and in the morning... Watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and the cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee before Israel for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea that the waters may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. Verse 27, so Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared and as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. Verse 28, the waters turned and covered the chariots and the horsemen of all the host of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea and not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right and a wall to them on the left, Thus, the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord because there wasn't anybody left to fear. And they believed in the Lord and his servant Moses. What happened? A warrior God gets in between. And then finally, there is a point to cross through. There's a point to cross through. Every story of the Bible tells us there is a point of decision for us to make. If you want the rescue, all you have to do is take the step of faith. The question is, which side are you on? The story's real clear. Through Jesus, God gets us out of our slavery, through the blood, and brings us to a crossing point. My question to you is, have you crossed over? Are you absolutely certain that you are on the right side of salvation? You are either on the side of death or where the Egyptians ended up or you are on the side of life. And God has parted the waters of judgment. There is a wall on the left of judgment that God's holding back with this hand. There is a wall of judgment on this side that God's holding back with this hand. Interestingly, Jesus had two hands nailed to the cross and the way through to the other side is dependent on whether or not you're going to take a step of faith. Now, I can imagine there being two groups of people here in Israel as they're standing there and they're looking at the wall of water on the right and the wall of water on the left. Some of them were probably extroverts saying, go God. And they probably walked through backwards just so they could mock and taunt the Egyptians on the other side. Because they had such confidence that God was making this way. Some of you would have done that. Look like an NFL football player strutting out the pregame introductions, doing a little dance. Others of you are like, uh-huh, I'm not so sure. Uh, that's a pretty tall wall of water on that side. And we got another one over here. And how long is that going to last? And I'm not quite sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long. It, I don't know how many steps I have to take to get to the other side. It looks like a long way. What if I get halfway through and this wall comes crashing in and that way? Listen. Whether you are the extrovert that has great faith or the introvert that's kind of timid and you just got an itty-bitty little bit, do you understand that both were saved and got to the other side? Because salvation is not dependent on the size or the greatness of your faith. Salvation is dependent on the object of your faith. It is something God does. You just have to believe that what He has done is made the path to the promise available to you. But you have to step in, you have to come to the crossing point. The question is which side are you on? Becoming a Christian is not a passive process, it involves a decision, a place. And a time which you exercise faith and cross over. Some of you have been coming to this church, some of you were raised in church, some of you are kind of in and out of church, some of you are kind of a roller coaster faith person. Listen, the question is have you crossed over at a place, at a time, so that you have escaped the slavery and the judgment? that's on this side, to experience the promise and the grace and the life that's on this side. There is a point that you must cross over. Let me ask you to bow your heads. For many of you, you you, you can identify the place that you took a step of faith and You have confidence that judgment has been passed over because of the blood. But some of you are, you're still acting like a slave. You're you're still thinking it'd be better off if I could, if I could indulge my flesh, if I could go back to being the way I was, if I could enjoy the things that I once repented of. And some of you are still acting like a slave. Listen, turn your back on that stuff and start acting like the person that God has called you to be. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. God never wants you to be the subject of bondage again. Others of you, if the truth was known, you've never identified a point at which you have crossed over. There is a time and a place you've got to make a decision. Either you will cross or you will wait and be judged. If today you have never, by faith, taken the path that God has provided, I want to invite you to take that step and take another step and another step. Every day of your life is a day you will be required to take a step of faith, to keep moving. God will give you his direction by moving in front of you. He will give you protection by moving behind you. But he's going to require you to cross every day by taking a step of faith. Don't doubt God. Don't try to create a different path. Don't be content being a slave. And if today you would say I don't, I don't know that I've ever crossed over. I want to invite you right now to cross over and tell the Lord right now. Say, Lord, I realize I, I, I have been enslaved to sin. I'm born into slavery. I don't even know anything different. No wonder I'm groaning. No wonder. I'm so dissatisfied. I don't want to live in this land anymore. I don't want to live the way that I've been living. God, I want you to get me out. Thank you for the blood that was shed on that cross in my place as a sacrificial lamb for my sin. And right now, God, I I choose to cross over by faith. Thank you for making a way out.
0: I don't know if you've ever seen yourself in the story of the Passover and the Exodus from Egypt, but we've seen today from Trent Griffith that the story of the Hebrews leaving Egypt is really the story of all of us, leaving behind our slavery and coming into relationship with God. As I've heard it said, if that doesn't light your fire, then your wood's wet. If you're searching for a church to call home, think about Gospel City Church. Our church is founded on Jesus Christ and supported by four pillars. Those pillars are proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology, lifting high the name of Jesus through worship, believing firmly in the power of prayer and sharing the good news of Jesus with boldness. We meet multiple times each week at our main church in Granger, as well as our campus in Elkhart County. For more information, just go to mygospelcity.org. Again, that's mygospelcity.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Gospel City Church. Well, next week, Pastor Trent is going to fast forward about 500 years and take us to a moment when the promise was in peril. Find out more next week on Resonate. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that the epic truth of God's word would resonate in your heart this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.